Think of it with me. He painted no pictures. Yet three days, three days out of his life, have inspired the world's greatest masterpieces of art. He never wrote a book, not even a poem. Yet literature's finest works are about those three days. He composed no music. Yet his three days, his three days of victory have inspired history's greatest composers, the great philosophers, Aristotle, Sophocles, Socrates. They left the world a, a combined total of 130 years of teaching. Yet the impact, the impact of this one's three days has transcended all the world's great philosophers and philosophies. Who is this one that I speak of? Who is this one of three days that has so changed the world? What is his name? Jesus. This Easter season, Lakeside is honored to present his glorious story in three days that changed the world. Today, I invite you to come with us to day one, the Living Lord's Supper.
6 AD 30 and Jesus Jesus has just 19 hours left to live it's his last supper with his dearest friends those closest to him his disciples so as the nightmarish shadow of the cross looms over Jesus. What encouragement, what comfort, what understanding do these disciples give to Jesus? Oh, as we look right now at James and John, these two hot-headed brothers, what are they doing? They're arguing over who's going to be vice president in Jesus' kingdom. Surely, Jesus will not find any solace from them. Next, next, who is this down here at the end corner of the table. Who is this that's shaking his head right now in wonderment and doubt? Verse 
Who do you think that is? Doubting Thomas. He still hasn't figured out who Jesus is. He's still in doubt about Jesus being Messiah. He won't offer Jesus any help. And then, and then, how about this one in green? Who is this that's so proud? Who is this that is boasting at Jesus' table? This is Peter, Simon Peter. Uh, rather than comforting Jesus, he's boasting. He's boasting that even if all the others run out on Jesus, he won't run out. He'll stick with Jesus to the very end. And then, dressed in green all the way down here. Bright green. We usually, in our mind's eye, we usually dress him in total black. Who do you think I'm referring to? Judas. Judas. Jesus is definitely not going to get any encouragement out of him. Look at the hypocrite. Look at him put on a fake smile. Look at him as he has been fawning over Jesus, flattering Jesus, while all the time planning to betray his only Savior, his only Lord. Have you ever been let down? Have you ever been let down? I remember one Easter season watching TV with my, my children. Oh, this is years ago. And the announcer came on the TV saying, an amazing, amazing scientific breakthrough has, has just been discovered. We have developed, we have found a cure for baldness. I jumped out of my, my recliner. I got down on all fours in front of the TV. I was excited. I told the kids, be quiet, be quiet. I got, I got to hear this. I don't want to miss this. The announcer on the TV commercial said, of course, I'm talking about your bald tires. Get down right now to our tire store and replace those bald tires. Talk about feeling let down. Talk about a letdown. Would you agree with me that after three years of following Jesus, walking with Jesus, going to school with Jesus, that the 12 up here were one big letdown? You know, we want to tell Jesus if you only knew, it, Jesus, if you only knew what kind of supper you're having and who you're having it with. Jesus, if you only knew about James and John here, these two hot-headed brothers, they're bringing to this table their ambition 
uh, they're bringing to this table a spirit of greed. Jesus, how can you even sit down with them? Jesus, when it comes to Thomas, Thomas, he's not sure you're the Son of God. He's not sure if whether or not you're, you're just an ordinary man. He's still consumed with doubt. Jesus. Peter is so puffed up with pride. Peter is so, so filled with pride that Peter here, he, he's saying that even if all of these others run out on you, he'll stick with you to the very end. The truth is, before the rooster crows two times tonight, this man will deny you three times. He'll even use profanity to underscore that he doesn't know you. Jesus, if you only knew who you're celebrating your last supper with. And oh, this one, this one for just 30 pieces of silver the price of a slave this one Judas is going to sell you out he's going to betray you he's going to betray you to your death we'd like to tell Jesus Jesus if you only knew who you're having your last supper with. In fact, all of these men are going to run out on you. They're all going to abandon you. They're all going to reject you, Jesus. If, if you only knew who you're breaking bread with. The fact of the matter is, Jesus did know. I said Jesus did know. He knew what was in the heart. He knew what was in the mind of each one at that table he knew not only who they are but what they would be and what they would do Jesus knew listen if you knew someone was going to reject you if you knew that those closest to you were going to run out on you in your greatest need and even betray you to death how would you treat them but more importantly this morning, how did Jesus treat those who are about to reject him, abandon him, and betray him? How did Jesus treat them? What would Jesus do?
the passion in my heart can I express I truly great I think you are my dearest friend Lord this is my desire to pour my love on you like oil upon your feet like wine for you to drink like water from my heart i pour my love on you it praises like perfume i lavish mine on you till every drop is gone i pour my Show the passion in my heart Can I express How truly great I think you are My dearest friend Lord, this is my desire To pour my love on you
So what did Jesus do? Jesus responded to the coming rejection, desertion, and abandonment of his disciples by washing their feet. He didn't just wash some of them. He washed all of them. He washed doubting Thomas's feet, the feet of the greedy brothers, James and John. He washed proud Peter's feet. He even washed the treacherous feet of Judas. Think of it. Think of who's doing the foot washing. Can you imagine a United States president bowing down and scrubbing between your toes? Can you imagine President Obama washing your feet? To suggest that God's Son, the King of the universe, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, to suggest that He would scrub dirty feet. The dirty feet of these men. It, it sounds not only crazy, but it sounds blasphemous. To have hands that are about to be pierced with nails scrub filthy feet it's just not right it's not right what did it all mean why did Jesus do it just as Jesus poured the water out of the pitcher into the basin to cleanse the dirty feet of the disciples soon soon he would pour out his blood to cleanse every sin. Your sins. My sins. Without this cleansing, there's no hope. Remember what Jesus told Simon Peter? Jesus said, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Jesus invites us to place the filthiest part of our lives into His hands. Only Jesus, do you agree with me, is able to cleanse us, change us, and rearrange us, and make us brand new. Yet there's something else here that Jesus does not want us to miss. Have you had any people in your life that have hurt you? Has anyone rejected and abandoned you, deserted you? Have there been those that are even close to you, family and friends who have betrayed you? Perhaps people like the husband who had vowed to you for richer or poor, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. But now, but now this husband announces 
till divorce do us part. And there you are. There you are. As he announces, till di divorce do us part, there you are left with unpaid bills. You're left there with all the responsibilities, with children without a daddy. And you're left with a terribly broken heart. You were betrayed. You were abandoned. You were deeply hurt and rejected. Or perhaps, perhaps your rejection has come from one of your own children. I'm talking about the child whose birth was the greatest day in your life. You remember their baby dedication. You remember presenting your child before the Lord in prayer and blessing. You remember all the Christmases that you celebrated with your little one. You remember all the vacations, all the wonderful times together, all the things that you, you gave them. You remember all the sacrifices you made. You had so many dreams for your child yet somehow somewhere they made wrong choices and rebellion reared its ugly head they shook their fist in your face saying I don't want anything to do with you I don't want anything to do with your church, and I don't want anything to do with your Jesus. And that little life that promised so much joy has grown into one big hurt. Perhaps like Jesus, you've been hurt by those who said one thing and then ended up doing another. Maybe you loaned money to a family member or, or, or to a friend that was in desperate need. Even when you didn't have it, you, you, you loaned them money. They promised to pay you back. They promised that you would get it all. They said that it would be sooner than later. But to date, <laughs> you haven't seen a dime. You've tried contacting them. You've tried calling them. But no response. So you finally tracked them down. You even went to their porch. You even knocked on their door. And when you approach them on it, wanting to get paid back, wanting just something, all you got was their excuses. 
All you got was their laughter. All you got as the end result, all you got was a door slammed in your face. Let me ask you this. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have had a Judas in your life? There is no hurt. I know it. There's no hurt worse than having a Judas in your life. That's why nobody names their child Judas. Perhaps you expected a forever love, but you got someone who went out looking for love in all the wrong places. You never imagined in a million years that the one who exchanged vows with you, I'm talking about precious rings. I'm talking about the I do's. You never imagined they would end up cheating on you. Some have discovered their spouses cheating on them through their friends, through the talk. Some on Facebook. Some cheating spouses have even left the evidence of their adulterous affair on their text messages. Mary? Mary? Oh, I wonder where she is. Oh, she forgot her phone. Why does she always forget her phone? All I can do is think about you. Wait, what? Who is this? I can't wait for our second date. Our second secret date at the Hilltop Park Sunday morning. Love you. No. No, it can't be. Can it? I gotta know. Mary! How could you, how could you do this to our marriage? How could you betray me like this? After everything we've been through, I know we had a rough couple of months, but we didn't have to go and do this. It's, it was just, please, Mary, why? Why? God, why? Oh God, oh God, why? Why? The torture that Jesus suffered the last 24 hours of his life was beyond imagination. 
Yes, his whipping, his crown of thorns, the spikes in his hands and feet were horrendous. But far worse than his physical abuse was his emotional agony. The rejection and the betrayal that Jesus suffered by those closest to him was far worse than any emotional trauma that we can ever imagine. Far worse than any physical pain. Let me ask you this. Have you suffered abuse in one form or another? Maybe it happened to you when you were a child. But the emotional scars are are, are still alive and well today. What was it? What was it that kicked it off? I'm talking about the abuse that you suffered when you were a child. What kicked it off? Was it failing to follow through with your chores? Was it because uh, maybe you wrecked the family car? Or maybe, maybe it was just when the school mailed home your report card. Look at this report card. Look at it. It's absolutely pathetic. This is pitiful. Where is that boy? Aaron! Where are you, boy? What is this? What is this? Do you see these grades? Why can't you get straight A's like your brother? Do you know what these grades tell me? They tell me you're stupid, ignorant, a loser. I wish we never had you. You looked at me when I'm talking to you. Please don't hit me again, Dad. Please. Please don't hit me again, Dad. I wish we'd never had you. As your very existence is being cursed. Rejection, abandonment, betrayal, it leaves us all with one big hurt. So how do we respond to the Judases that crop up in our lives? The Judases that so terribly hurt us. How should we respond?
tender mercies like a river with no end. It overwhelms me. Covers my sin. Each time I come into your presence, I stand in wonder once again. Your grace still amazes me. Your love still a mystery each day.
still amazes me Cause your grace still amazes me Jesus, Jesus will never ever call you to do something that he himself hasn't already done. Jesus said this in John chapter 13. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Let me repeat that. You ought to wash each other's feet. Now, Jesus did not mean that literally. He means it with our forgiveness. He means it with extending grace, reconciliation. You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You know these things. Now do them. That is the path of what? I cannot tell you enough as your pastor. The reason so many have not received a healing, a miracle, a blessing is because they have not extended grace to the one who has hurt them. They haven't washed their feet. When we look at those who have hurt us, when we look at those who have victimized us, we feel like putting up our fists. But Jesus says, fill up a basin. We want to strike back. Jesus says, take out the towel. We want to hurt them like they've hurt us. Jesus says, wash their feet. We say, but Jesus, they don't deserve my grace. Jesus says, you're right. You don't deserve it either. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, Freely you have received. Freely give. How many of you are here today? How many of you are here today? And you're not sure you're right with God. You're not sure your name is written in the book of life. You're not certain that you have a home in heaven. What's holding you back? Is it because you feel you have failed God too often? Is it because you feel that you've sinned so deeply that God can't forgive you? Listen, there's no pit that is so deep 
that his grace, his love is not deeper still. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, the one who washed the dirtiest of feet. He can wash you. He can change you. He can rearrange you. Come to your one and only Savior. Come to Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Close your eyes. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come into this room. Holy Spirit of God, wrap your sweet arms of love around each one. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to pray a prayer, a prayer of salvation, a prayer that will make you right with God, a prayer that will move you to the pathway of blessing. If you would like to be included in this prayer, if you would be like to be included in a prayer that will make Jesus your Savior and heaven your home, I'm just going to ask right now, just lift up your hand. As no one is looking around, this is between you and God, would you just lift up your hand right now if you would like to be included in this prayer. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. How many more? Pastor, Pastor, I've been hurt so deeply, but I'm believing that Jesus can heal my hurt. I want to be included in your prayer. Lift up your hand so that I can see it, but especially that God can see it. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. So many hands lifted up. Pray with me right now. For you that have your hands lifted up, keep them lifted up. Pray with me. Repeat these words after me. In fact, I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud right now. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I confess I have sinned. I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you're my Savior. You're all that I need. Lord, just as you washed feet, wash my heart, cleanse me, make me brand new. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I receive that life right now. A new life, a changed life, Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for changing me, for giving me a home in heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved. In the name of Jesus, I receive this as I believe it. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that you're born again. From heaven's perspective, you have been cleansed and made brand new. You're a part of the family of God. And so this morning, we invite you to join us in receiving Holy Communion.
For you see, after washing the feet of the disciples, Jesus birthed the meal of meals, the Lord's Supper. What did Jesus especially emphasize at the Lord's Supper? Do you remember? Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said that when you take the broken bread, it represented how his body would be broken. Jesus said, remember me when you take the broken bread. At his last supper, Jesus revealed the cup of covenant. What did that cup hold? It held the life's blood of a grape. A grape had to be crushed in order to release its precious juice. When we drink from the communion cup, we recall that like a grape, Jesus was crushed on the cross. Crushed to save you and I. No wonder Jesus says, when you take the cup, remember me. Today we invite you to receive Holy Communion from Jesus and His disciples. You will be served by Jesus and these 11 disciples. You'll be served broken bread. You'll be served a grape in a cup. After being served, hold the bread, hold the grape, until Jesus himself gives you instructions. Remember, you don't need to be a member of this church to receive communion. But you do need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of they crucified, they laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king they named a fire and sacrificed the Lamb of God. Jesus.
This is my body. Which has been broken. For you. And for you. It's been broken for you, my disciples. My friends. And for you, ma'am. For you, sir, up in the balcony. For singles, and for you seniors, for all of you, 
Do this in remembrance of me. Eat all of it. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which has been for you and it for you. My blood will never lose its power. Dear sick one, my power, my blood, has the power to heal you from whatever sickness. Parent, my blood has the power to heal your broken, fragmented family. And to you who are bound by the habits of hell, my blood delivers you. And to you who feels that your sin is blacker than a thousand nights, my blood will wash you whiter than snow. Yes, my blood will never lose its power. It will you and it will rearrange you. It has the power to bring you home. Bring you home to me where you belong. Do this in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink ye all of it. tried so hard to hide Though I laughed and said my life was fine without you I was covering up the secret tears I've cried Then one day someone told me of your mercy And the love shown on a hill called Calvary There you died and purchased my redemption When you broke sin's power set my spirit free I'm amazed that you love me 
There's been days when I've failed you Lord, you know the many times I've gone astray But I've learned your love is stronger than my weakness And your ear is open every time I pray No one else has ever cared for me like you, Lord No other friend has ever been as close to me I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow Knowing you are everything Everyone stand with me if you would. Amen. Don and team, if you'd go by the keyboard. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Look at that scripture verse, Isaiah 53, 5. Included there is healing for your spiritual heart. Healing. Peace for your mind. Healing 
for your body. Why? Because the blood will never lose its power. Amen? And that's why we sing, Jesus be Jesus in me. No longer me, but thee. Resurrection power, fill me this hour. Jesus be Jesus in me. All of this, this is just day one. All of this is heading towards an empty tomb. We don't just serve a dead Savior. We don't just sing to a dead Savior. We sing to a risen Savior. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. If Jesus was not alive, resurrected from the dead, His resurrection power could not bring a miracle into our experience. His resurrection power could not heal broken bodies. What am I getting to this morning? We've already, we've already opened the door for people to find Jesus as Lord and Savior. And now I open the door of invitation to those that need healing in their broken bodies. To those that you need a, an answer to prayer, a miracle in your home, your situation. Before the service is over this morning, I want to invite you as we sing that chorus, Jesus be Jesus in me. As we sing it, come right now and receive your touch in the name of Jesus. Elders and pastors are coming and we want to anoint you with oil in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And I want you to know that prayer of faith can heal not just sick bodies, sick finances, sick businesses, sick marriages, family situations, because the blood will never ever lose its power. Amen. Sing it with us as they come. Amen.